coming up. And then when he was released, that's a moment as a journalist I'll never forget. Um, we all, you know, rushed the door that he got released from. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. This is the sound of innocence, of freedom. It's February of 2020, one year ago, and a man is being released from prison. 54-year-old Ricky Davis has been exonerated, declared factually innocent after spending 15 years behind bars. Vindicated. Davis hugs family and friends who've shown up to celebrate his release. And as he makes his way out, he holds up a Northern California Innocence Project t-shirt, and he says, God bless DNA evidence. Monica Coleman, reporter with ABC10 in Sacramento. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. So, Monica, there's a ton going on with this story. It takes place over the course of two decades. Let's start with the day that Ricky Davis was exonerated a year ago. What was that day like for you? It was really unexpected, actually. So I was the reporter on the story, and we just thought we were going to get an update in the case. We had no idea he was going to be actually released that that afternoon. Um, so it was me and all the competition. We arrived at the jail and his family was there with balloons and he had been, you know, in prison for 15 years. He he uh, did the minimum of the sentence if he had actually committed the crime. Um, and so we were waiting for hours um, for him to be released. The Northern California Innocence Project was there as well, who had represented him and helped him get his um, innocence. And then when he was released, that's a moment as a journalist I'll never forget. Um, we all, you know, rushed the door that he got released from. And I, being me and Petite, I went underneath all the journalists and popped up with my mic. And I remember asking him, how do you feel? And the look he gave me, you know, he hadn't seen anybody in 15 years outside of prison. And um, he just looked so confused but happy and in disbelief to be looking at me and I felt the same looking at him I couldn't believe you know 15 years um and his family said the first thing they were going to do is go get pizza um at his favorite (laughs) shop and I'll never forget that his mom said we're going to go get pizza and I'm just going to hug my boy and we're going to just um be together um he didn't speak too much you know you could tell he was just you know kind of shaken up and just still in shock that he was being released that day um but it was an incredible moment. We were able to be there in that first moment mm-hmm. he got to step out and be free. Yeah, I just can't imagine. So all of this started with a murder back in 1985, the murder of a 54-year-old woman named Jane Hilton. Can you walk me through what initially happened with that case, what the investigation looked like, and how this man became a suspect? Yeah, so it was interesting because they were all roommates. Um, Hilton and Davis lived in this. Um, unit together with a couple other people. Um, and Davis and his girlfriend had gone out the evening for a party. And uh, also Hilton's daughter had left that evening. And so when they returned home is when they saw that Hilton had been stabbed to death. Um, and then the case kind of went cold for a while. And then uh, Davis's girlfriend was interrogated to the point where she gave a false confession. Um, she ended up doing some time as well, but Ricky Davis ended up getting 15 to life uh, and served those 15 years in prison. 
And so it was after they did that interrogation with his girlfriend or now ex-girlfriend is when he ended up being charged for the crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I found really interesting about this case is just how much time passed between the murder and then Ricky Davis's conviction. Uh, It's almost 20 years. Do we know why it took such a long time for Davis to be charged with this crime? That I'm not sure of the answer to and why it took so long when it went cold to when they charged him. There's a lot of gray areas there. Um, But I do know when it came down to the DNA, that's what got him exonerated because the nightgown and the DNA under her fingernails did not match that of Ricky Davis. And so that's what ultimately got him exonerated. And he was the first person in California to be able to have DNA be uh, the reason that he could be exonerated from a case. And, and so, as you mentioned, he spent about 15 years in prison before he was exonerated. But I understand he spent that entire time maintaining his innocence, fighting for a new trial. Can you tell me about those efforts? Yeah, so there was never a time where he said he was guilty of the crime. He did keep his innocence the entire more than a decade of being in prison. And the Northern California Innocence Project picked it up, um, picked up his case. They have, you know, released um, dozens of people who have been wrongly convicted. And so they worked um, tirelessly to help Ricky Davis um, receive his innocence again by um, urging for a new trial, getting DNA and re-evaluating the evidence in this case. And ultimately it took years, obviously, um, but they finally were able to use that DNA to get him his freedom. Yeah. And an important detail here is that he wasn't just freed from prison. He wasn't, you know, released early on parole or something like that. A judge actually declared him factually innocent. What, what does that term mean in this context? So that means he was never um, guilty of the crime that he was charged of, which also means that he will get a compensation for that. Um, about $51,000 a year, 140 per day of uh, each day he was spent incarcerated for a crime he didn't commit. But I think it's important to note $51,000 a year does give you a good chance back into society, but doesn't give you back 14, 15 years of your life, you know? Um, and so the California Innocent Project is helping Ricky transition back into um, society and to get the resources because, you know, he went in 15 years ago and you only receive what you went in with. So he's completely a different person, a different man. So they are working closely with him and his family to help him transition back into society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just thinking about how much has changed in the world between 2005 and 2020, That's just such a long time to be away. And I know you talked to a spokesperson for the Innocence Project about what that transition is like, not just for Ricky, but but others in his situation. What did she have to say about about what that transition is like? She did say, luckily for Ricky, he has family who was waiting for him that day when he was exonerated. But there's so many people who are wrongly convicted who don't have family who are waiting for them on the other side. Um, And so the fact that Ricky does have family and a place to go Um, they are confident in his, um, transition back into society, but there's so many people who don't have family who have been forgotten, who either still kind of think that that person is guilty, but even for Ricky's sake with his family, they obviously believe that he is innocent, but that doesn't mean the next employer will, right? He has a 15 year gap of unemployment. So how do you go to, um, 
a job with your new resume, you, you've been recently exonerated and you want to, you know, get back to study and work, but you have this gap and then you have to talk to them about why you have the gap. Oh, I was in prison for a crime that I didn't commit. And then hoping that, you know, the employer believes your story one or two just wants to hire you and doesn't give you, um, you know, cast this doubt on you or uh, look differently at you because of a crime that you didn't commit, it, you know, it always lingers with you even after you have been exonerated. So we now know that Ricky Davis did not, in fact, commit this crime. What do we know about who did or who might have? We do know that there has been a suspect who has been taken into custody. He was a juvenile at the time. Um, his name was Michael Green. He lived in Roseville and he is now uh, being he's the suspect for the murder uh, he was a juvenile around 15 when the um, murder happened, but there hasn't been a lot of conversation about those next steps and if he has been charged, because uh, that case is still ongoing. Monica Coleman, reporter with ABC10 in Sacramento. Thank you so much for sharing the story with us. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Daily Crime. As the name suggests, we have new episodes every weekday, each diving into a different crime story. If you enjoy the show, one of the best ways to support it is to share it with a couple friends. We also have a Facebook group called Inside the Crime Vault, where you can go to talk about all of the cases that we cover with thousands of other true crime fans. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Redmond.